Hello, and welcome to Mystery, Mystics, and Metaphysics. Today, we're discussing your shadow and shadow work. What is your shadow? The way it's been explained to me and the way I understand it is that your shadow are the parts of you that you have set aside for whatever reason. It could be because of trauma. It could be from childhood. It could be stuff as you're getting older. A lot of us, as we move through the world, we find that certain things are found to be unacceptable to other people or in different places. For instance, a lot of people who are very sensitive, especially psychically sensitive or emotionally sensitive, where they feel what other people are feeling, they often will put that part of themselves aside because they're told not to be a baby, you're too emotional, you're too sensitive, you're taking things too seriously and things like that. But that's a really important part of you. But once you put it aside and you start squashing it down, it becomes part of your shadow. Shadow work, years ago, a lot of people referred to shadow work as inner child work or healing your inner child. Shadow work encapsulates a little bit more than that, but inner child work is definitely a big part of it. It's the parts of yourself that as you've grown, you've given up on or you've set aside to make other people be comfortable. It's time to get those pieces back because oftentimes what people ask us to subjugate and not to show are the things that threaten them in some way because it might be too big, it might be too powerful, it may be asking them to then look inside themselves and see how they're feeling and what are they feeling. Knowing that it is imperative for as many of us to do this type of work as possible and really show up fully in the world, full in our integrity, being authentically who we are, regardless of what anybody else thinks of us. That is where the hard part comes in. This is work. A lot of these parts have been shoved away due to trauma. A lot of us have things that are set deep inside of us from shame and guilt. And the thing is, a lot of these things really didn't need to have shame or guilt put on them. Shame has its place. Guilt has its place. But we've given it too big of a place. If you feel guilty that you've been mean to somebody or said something out of turn, guilt is supposed to take you to a place where you heal that relationship or where you heal that. What happens when it becomes part of our shadow is that instead of us seeing it as a, a specific instance that we can heal and move on from, we take on that guilt of other people or we take on guilt where guilt does not belong, where we haven't done anything outwardly, where somebody might be hurt by something we said because it was something they didn't want to hear, not because it was something they shouldn't hear, not because it was mean, it was because something they didn't want to hear. This happens very often. And then we take on the guilt for making them feel bad. Especially if you've had to deal with people with, uh, who are narcissistic in any way or have some of those traits, they will throw their stuff on you. You're supposed to make me feel better. You're supposed to make me feel validated. It doesn't really matter what you're feeling or what's going on with you. I'm the one who needs to feel good. 
When we grow up with a parent like that, it's especially traumatizing because then as we become adults, we don't know how to separate from that and how to become our own person and really stand in our own strength because everything we did was for someone else and everything we felt was disregarded. We were emotionally not taken care of. I'm not going to say abused because oftentimes these are generational traits that come down and your parent may have been doing the best that they could possibly could with what they knew. It's our turn to do better. When you're seeking out this type of information and you're getting it and you're taking it to heart and you're working on it, you break those generational binds. You alleviate all that stress. And when you do it, when you break the chains, then the generations after you can do the same. And sometimes the generations behind you can also because they may see you living an authentic life and you know what, you're fine. You're more than fine, you're thriving, you're happy. People are gonna react in one of two ways. They are either going to truly love you and be inspired by you and see you as someone to emulate, or they're gonna be jealous and angry because they cannot use you as the doormat they're used to you being. And they need some place to rub their shoes, you know? These are all things to consider. Before we embark on shadow work, and shadow work is the third module that we're going into in exploring your intuition. Before we embark on these things, we need to really sit with ourselves and be ready to feel the feels and be ready to heal the trauma and heal the stress and understand that we're not gonna like everything that we see and we may even still have a problem with it. Maybe we get angry really easily. Being angry is, is not a bad thing. It's acting out and anger is not good. We need to act instead of react. And the only way to do that, to go from reacting to acting consciously is to deal with the things in our subconscious that are driving us. The shadow is that. It is everything in your subconscious that is driving you forward. It's all the lessons you learned as a kid. It was the first time you got put, put down by a friend. It's being shoved into the corner. All these things are what create the shadow. The shadow is not the bad parts. It's what you've labeled as bad parts. Do you get overzealous when you're angry? What is anger? Let's talk about anger for a second because that's a big one that a lot of people have. When you're angry, oftentimes what that is defending is being hurt. So when we are really truly hurt and very deeply hurt, the initial reaction oftentimes is to be angry, to become angry before you feel that pain, if you feel it at all. So know that that anger is protecting something. It's covering something up. We need to set the anger aside and look past it. What does anger drive us to do? Where does it take us? Why do we get angry so often so quickly? What are our triggers? Looking at your triggers will lead you to your shadow. So if you know that you're triggered by, I don't know, uh, somebody being told to shut up, 
my mother is very, very triggered by that. Like, we're not allowed to say shut up in my family at all. That is like worse than saying the F word. The reason why that's triggering is because being a girl and a child and so often being told, just shut up. Nobody wants to hear from you. Just shut up. So when she hears shut up, it's like this major trigger and this anger comes out because that's a part of her that was pushed down and put aside. Now you couldn't get her to be quiet if you paid her. <laughs> but these are the things that create our shadow or things like that. Things that you may do offhandedly or that may have been said to you offhandedly. We're really, the, the purpose was not to injure you or, or create this badness about you or unacceptable part of you. The idea was like the person was just like they might have been tired and things were not going right and you happened to cross their paths and they just spouted something out. Nine out of 10 times, the person who hurt you in that way doesn't even remember the incident that you talk about. Like, I can't, rem I don't, I don't remember that ever happening. So that is something that needs to be, you need to be aware of. And as we become more aware of the things that have affected us and created our shadow selves, we become more aware of how we affect others. Before you say anything to anyone, always take a deep breath and breathe out and think about what you're going to say and think about the impact that it makes. There's usually 10 different ways to say something. Is the way in which you were going to say it, was it really short and nasty? Does it need to be said that way? Is it something that you could be kinder about or something that you can phrase in such a way so that the other person is hearing you and understanding what you mean? It's different for every situation, but these are good rules of thumb regardless, especially if you're in a state of where you're, you're becoming hyper emotional. Take a deep breath, breathe out slow. You need to let your body know the brain needs to be in charge and not the emotions. Does that mean you allow people to be abusive towards you or to call you names or do things like that? No, obviously it does not. It's just different ways to deal with people so that you're not adding to the problem, so that you're part of the solution. If we all change the way we relate to one another and make it more loving and more considerate and more compassionate, the world will be a much better place. And it starts with us. It starts in here. And it starts in here where we need to get the, the wheels turning so that we think before we speak so that there's a filter there and not a filter in that you're no longer being your true self, but it's more of a filter in that you're filtering it so that the other person can receive it, whatever it is that you're, you're needing to say or talk to them about. And that is not easy and it takes a lot of practice and nobody is 100% and that's okay. Even Jesus got fed up with the disciples at times. I mean, how many times in the Bible does he say, oh Lord, how long must I suffer these fools? 
So we all have a limit to our patience, but the thing is to recognize when that limit is coming and step back if at all possible. Okay, so back to what it is. So when different things happen to us during our lifetime, one in four girls by the age of, I think it's 16, it's either 14 or 16, is molested. It's a shocking number. And it's one of five boys and very few people talk about that. So we're talking about 20% of men and 25% of women are, have some kind of trauma in their youth that is tied in sexually. Well, that creates part of your shadow because oftentimes the way the perpetrators work is they create shame around it or you might even be blamed for it so far as if you're trying to tell somebody and then you feel like small because people won't listen to you or who doesn't believe you and maybe I'm not trustworthy and all these things come up wrapped up in that there's a very good chance that that is part of the shadow for most people or for many people because those are the numbers that are reported. And I'm sure the numbers are much bigger than that because I could count, I can't count actually how many people have come to me that never reported anything to a doctor or to the police or anything like that. It never got past it happening to them. And it makes you feel helpless. And when you're feeling small and you're feeling taken advantage of, you're feeling wrong, like you shouldn't have put yourself in that situation or you should have known better or whatever, that becomes part of your shadow. Listen to your self-talk. If you take the week and you listen to your self-talk during the week, then you can figure out like where your shadow is and what it's telling you. If you have imposter syndrome, where you may be very good at something and you're not allowing yourself to be praised for it, or you're not allowing yourself to really be open about it. Um, I know there are a lot of people who have excellent skills and they're not, either they're not getting paid the way they should get paid, they feel like they don't deserve to get paid, and there's this whole philosophy around things. Well, I'm not worth it. I don't have value. You do have value. You have intrinsic value. And that's something you need to rediscover. And shadow work will help you do that. So it's digging deep, finding what parts of you have been subjugated and what parts of you and pieces of you have been made small. And they're all running around your head talking to you and you know warning you they are there for a reason they are there because as a species and as a pack animal we need to be accepted we are not islands we cannot live alone if COVID taught us anything it was that we need human contact the amount of people that are literally having emotional breakdowns during this period of time because they have not been touched because they can't hug their families and they can't see their friends and they're not physically with them. Zoom can only go so far. 
we need that. So the shadow is built on, it's built of the pieces of ourselves that we were taught did not have value, that we were taught was not acceptable. You talk too much. I, I could tell you when I was a kid, I was told that I was too smart for a girl and that if I ever wanted to get married or anything, that I, I should dummy down because I'm never going to find a husband. Well, I'm 52, still don't have a husband, still refuse to dummy down. So maybe that was true. I don't know. But what that could have done was create a part that then was subjugated. I can't be myself because myself is unacceptable. Being intelligent is unacceptable. It could also be things like, uh, I don't like the way you chew your food, or you eat too much, or different things like that, especially in childhood as we're developing, they all become these little gremlins that we have to deal with for the rest of our lives. You're not worthy. It's not enough. You should be in pain. You deserve to be in pain. Things like this really latch onto us and stay there for a long time until we deal with them, until we figure out a way to embrace these parts of ourselves and welcome them back into us and welcome them back to be, be a part of our, our larger soul again. They are part of our being. They are part of our authenticity. They are our authenticity. We need to recognize that and bring them in bring them back in so another term we hear is soul retrieval and soul retrieval is very similar soul retrieval is seen more as bringing back pieces of ourselves that have been sliced off due to trauma so like we left them back in time at some point but all these different terms and all these different processes do a lot of similar work. What we're doing is we're figuring out where we lost ourselves. Where did we lose ourselves? How can we find it? How can we heal it and bring it back and make ourselves whole and become whole again? Because when we are birthed into this world, they say that we are perfection. And then we move forward from that. Now, that depends. We talk about past lives. You come back, you come with past life trauma. That might be a little bit different. And I'm not going to split hairs on this video because that would be way too much to get into. That is a rabbit hole I do not want to jump into. But it is very similar. It's the same type of work. The, the basis of it and where we want to go with it is to heal ourselves and to become whole to live in integrity and authenticity and be everything we were meant to be, always meant to be. So later on, uh, we might be doing a, um, a process where we're, we'll do a little bit of inner child work, just a little, a little snippet if you guys want to. We will discuss that in the second part. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you would want to connect with us for that. Working with your inner child, embracing your shadow, soul retrieval, all these things work in conjunction with one another and they're different methods 
for the same goal, which is healing of the whole self, the entire self, all of the energetic being. And the energetic being really has a lot of impact on the physical being. So you want to work with that whenever possible in order to come into fullness and in order to have emotional and energetic health. That's all I've got for today. Next up is our Q&A. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can leave some questions in the comments below. If you're here, I'll be with you in one moment. Mahalo.